0: All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry Marks, and thanks for joining us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Barry Marks and One, at Barry Marks and One, where I'm tweeting about Arizona and politics and elections and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, you know, going on right now, I want to just chat about this. I uh, hope you had a great Christmas uh, and holiday season and still going on another week. Uh, this is a good time of year. It's so quiet. You know what I mean? The, the traffic is usually down. Even if you're going to work, uh, which I do as well, I, I generally find it a good time to be at work. A lot of people aren't there. Even folks who are working are kind of doing half days oftentimes. Uh, It's just not as busy. A lot of people who have vacation or sick time they have to use up. They just take it at the end of the year. It's just quieter. Um, So you're able to get more done or maybe you have a half day. You go home and relax a little bit or do something fun with your family. It's uh, it's actually a really nice time of year. And we're fortunate in Arizona to be able to do it with such good weather, especially when the rest of the country is so cold. Although I guess we're going to get some rain and Up north, a little bit of snow this week as well. So that'll be uh, that's something to look forward to. I did want to touch on this though. We've talked so much about the economy, right? We talk about it all the time and and inflation, which was which was bad. I mean, inflation was very difficult. There's no question about that. Um, And it, it, as I've been saying all along, although inflation has been difficult on many people, rents are up in Arizona especially. I mean, our inflation here uh, has been over 13%. I mean, we're 4 or 5% uh, uh, points higher than the rest of the country. So no question, uh, we are feeling the effects of inflation in Arizona. But we also have you know, almost record low unemployment. Uh, and what I've always said is if, if you want a job right now, if you want to work, you're working. I mean, there's really no question about that. If you, if you want a job, you have one. Uh, because uh, there not only is our unemployment rate at, at record lows, but there are there is a huge demand for workers. there still is um, I know in my firm alone we're we're constantly looking uh, for new people. Uh, trying to add trying to grow and it 's incredibly difficult to find people willing to work, so what that tells me uh, you know when earlier in the year people were talking about whether we 're heading into a recession or what 's happening is i don 't know i mean there's a lot of factors that go into a recession, but I will tell you that one is unemployment, and when you go into a recession, generally the unemployment rate goes up when people are working, even if inflation is higher, um, they, they make do they find a way to make do maybe they have to take on another job, maybe they have to spend less or do less things i 'm not saying it's easy, uh, but it doesn't necessarily put us into a recession. And one of the biggest things in the United States uh, and our economy is consumer spending. That's what drives our economy, one of the big factors. And what we found in holiday spending is always a big indicator of that. And what we found now, uh, right after Christmas, looking back, uh, is that our holiday spending uh, increased considerably, a huge increase from last year. So we're up over 7.5%, over 7% overall, uh, we're up over ten percent for online uh, online spending, uh, up about six point eight percent. I think it was six and a half percent for uh, in person spending. I mean, it's it is uh, the bottom line is we spent considerably more this year than last year. Now you could say, well, there's inflation, so of course that that that's true. Just to even buy the same amount of stuff was gonna was gonna cost us seven percent or more, and, and that may be true. Um, I mean, there's no question about that. Stuff costs more. I mean, I've been out there, and you're just a little shocked at some of the prices right now. I everything from food to... Uh, to, to presents, to gifts and things. It's, it's Everything's up more. There's no question about that. Uh, although I will say gas price is down again today. I heard uh, the the news this morning. Uh, Arizona gas price is down 15 cents a gallon compared just to last week. Uh, and they just continue to go down. It's in the low threes right now. Still high. Not, not saying it's low, not cheap. But um, when, when it was up around five, uh, you know, we were like, oh, my goodness. So saving $2 a gallon is is uh, pretty substantial. Um, by the way, I did this yesterday. I, had, I filled up a, 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 one of our cars cars. yesterday with gas. And I went to, I had filled up my other car, uh, or at least put some gas in my other car and and saw the price. And then it was two days later, uh, and I'll be fair, I went to the Costco, went to Costco for some gas. The gas was 70 cents a gallon cheaper. That's real money. (laughs) I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, you put 20 gallons of gas in something, that's $14. It's like actual real cash. Uh, I was a little surprised by that. So in any case, my point is holiday spending is up. Uh, we, we spent more this year than last year uh, by the rate of over 7%. That's a good thing. And I think it's an indication of of what I've been seeing anecdotally, that when I go out, people are out. They're spending money. They're in restaurants. I mean, you go around Phoenix, uh, pretty much anywhere in town. And, I'm, I mean, I live in one part of town. I work downtown. I I'm, I'm I'm out I'm out and about. And... Places are busy. Uh, I don't know if your experience is different than mine over the last six months or so or even this year. Uh, but as I've been hearing so much about the economy and hurting us, I, I look around. And, again, I'm, this isn't a study. This is just me looking around. Um, and at least in Phoenix, at least you know where I'm going, it's, it's busy. Um, and for me, that, that's a good sign. And I think this is kind of a statistical um, Statistical support for what i 'm seeing in my own life that people are spending money uh, people are out, there, uh, are out there are out there spending and if that 's happening, it tells me that we are likely uh, not not doing quite as bad uh, as many people have said, uh, had, uh, had forecasted. So for 2022, uh, holiday spending uh, was up over 7%. Uh, it was up 12.9% last year. It was up 9.9% the year before that. So I think I think for 2021, certainly 2020, you can see the increase coming from coming out of COVID, coming out of the uh, the pandemic. Um, and of course, people had a lot of extra money from all those pandemic checks that came in. But to have it go up that much again this year significantly. Significantly more than we saw in the four years before that. Here's what we saw from 2016. Holiday spending in 2016 was up 2.3%. In 2017, it was up 5.9%. That was the best year over a few. And then in 2018, up 2.6%. 2019, up to uh, 3.8%. So uh, we're up about double that this year um, and coming off of two very large increase years after the pandemic. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is things aren't that bad. <laughs> we're we're doing okay. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's great. I know that people are still struggling with the inflation, especially here uh, with the, with the rent prices and home prices. Um, but I think some of those are coming down, and hopefully, we will be in a much better position this time uh, next year. So I, I was I was excited to see that. I was happy to see uh, that our spending is up. Uh, and then you know, are you doing more of your spending? Are you doing more of your spending? Um, uh, Online, or do you do do it in person? I mean, people are definitely getting back out into stores now, but it was was interesting to see the online spending up over 10% this year. Uh, Here's an update uh, from ABC. Despite record inflation, retail sales surging this holiday up more than 7% over last year. Consumers taking advantage as stores offer deep discounts. Online shopping growing, too, up more than 10%. But with all that holiday gifting comes an inevitable onslaught of returns. The National <laughs> Retail Federation expecting nearly 18% of holiday season gifts will go right back. Is that right? Eighteen, Almost one in five gifts go back? Wow, that's a lot. I don't think I return that many gifts. I guess I don't get that many gifts. Maybe that's why. <laughs> My family, we've we've kind of come to the place at least with me and my. You know, we're all adults now, sisters. We get stuff for the kids, right? I mean, even the older kids, we get them stuff. But I tell, I don't need anything at this point. I really don't. I don't need things. It's like if I want something, I've I've gotten it. But I, there isn't very much I need right now. I'm I'm living a pretty simple a uh, pretty simple life, I guess. Is <laughs> always one way to look at it. Oh my goodness! All right, coming up, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about. Um, Uh, some of what's going on here in Arizona with our election law, but really what can we expect to see uh, in 2023? We have a new legislature that's going to be seated with a lot of new members. We have a Democratic governor and Katie Hobbs who's going to be sworn in next week. Uh, What are we looking forward to in this coming year in Arizona? We're going to talk about that next. Uh, Patricia Valencia standing by in the KTR News Center. She'll have an update for you. And then back with more of the big program. I'm Barry Markson. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, thanks for being on the program today. Uh, Broomhead's taking a couple days off for the holidays. I'm Barry Markson filling in. Thanks for being here. My goodness. Tuesday after Christmas, hope you had a great christmas holiday this is uh this is like the great the great week right like if you're doing it right you're not working this week or even if you're working you're maybe you're doing half days and you're getting you're getting some stuff cleaned up you're you're getting some things done that you've been trying to get to, but haven't been able to because the phones aren't ringing quite as much this week and uh just a good week for that, but we're heading into twenty twenty three and uh Arizona is going to look a little bit different next year i mean there's just no question about it politically uh we are going to have. We ha we will have uh, Democrats uh, across the board in our leadership here in 2023. Governor, Attorney General, Secretary of State. Uh, we've got two Democratic senators. Well, one Democrat, one independent now in Carson Cinema. Um, and the legislature remains Republican, but by the by the smallest of margins, one uh, seat in each house in the legislature. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. I will say that the, legislator, the legislature, the makeup of our legislature uh, for 2023 is going to be, even though it's the same number of Republicans, in many cases, it's going to be, I think, a little bit more extreme. Uh, some of the people who were elected this year as Republicans in the Senate and the House in, in Arizona uh, are those uh, folks who are very extreme i mean you have uh i mean she was already in the in the senate but wendy rogers who was censured last year by the republican-led senate wendy rogers who is uh, a full-on supporter of this election uh big lie uh and saying that the election was stolen in 2020 uh, that wendy rogers is the chair of the senate election committee here in arizona um, we have other leaders uh, in Arizona who are very extreme. We had people who were at uh, January 6th at the insurrection, uh, who won election uh, to to the Arizona legislature this year. Uh, we have people who we have a lot of election deniers that are that are joined our legislature and. Whatever you think of that, it's going to be interesting to see what types of bills come out of the legislature this year. Now, I'm confident that Katie Hobbs is going to have her veto stamp out and her pen, and she's going to veto a whole bunch of stuff coming out of there. If there are actually things that can be done to make Arizona elections better, then my guess is she'll listen to that. As we heard Chris Mays tell us here just a little earlier on KTR, she's open to talking. There's always ways to improve our election system uh, with some tweaks. But I have to say, and I think for most people who have lived in Arizona for a long time, uh, our election system here is really well done. It's, it's not perfect. I mean, obviously, the issue with the printers this year was not good. I, I'm not here to tell you it's perfect. It's not. Um, that was a mess. That should not have happened. But overall, I mean, we've been doing mail-in ballots for 30 years here in Arizona, literally for 30 years, since 1992. Um, we do them well. Uh, it is so convenient to vote here in Arizona, uh, you—I mean, we—the one thing they did last year in the legislature is get rid of this permanent early voters uh, thing. But if you—if you're on that list and you do mail-in ballots and you vote at least once every couple of years, uh, you'll continue to get it, or you can ask for it again. Um, but if you vote by mail in Arizona, you—you you get a—they send you the ballot, you. Fill it out. You send it back in. It doesn't get any easier than that. In Maricopa County, you can go to early vote centers almost a month before the election. Um, we have a really good vote system, a really good election system here, and it's it's just done well. And I know some folks don't want to believe that because their their candidate lost. But the fact is, uh, up until 2020, when when Trump was started saying he the election was stolen from him, we always thought Arizonans always thought our election system was rock solid. Uh, we loved it. We were other states came here to find out how to do it, and I'm curious to see what changes we're going to see out of this Arizona legislature that most likely will be vetoed by Governor Hobbs. Um, I mean, keep in mind, you had people running, and I'm sure there there are some in the legislature too, uh, Carrie Lake, Mark Fincham, these people were running to get rid of mail-in ballots. And if you're home saying, no, they weren't, well, they were. And in fact, they're still, they filed a lawsuit against the state of Arizona uh, to to say that uh, mail-in balloting, mail-in elections are uh, unconstitutional in Arizona and that lawsuit is on appeal right now. They lost, shockingly, uh, and it's on appeal. So, uh, you know, to say that no that you're making that up. No, I'm not making it up. They actually filed suit. They've come out and said they wanted to get rid of mail in ballots. They've taken this conspiracy theory so far now that they're take, they were trying to take actual concrete steps changing how things do uh, work in Arizona just to keep laying into the conspiracy. So, uh, it's to, to say that we dodged a bullet I think is is to say say it lightly, Um, but I'm curious mostly to see going forward, take the election uh, stuff aside, I'm curious to see going forward if we are able... Uh, as a state now, politically, if we we're able to get anything done, I mean, is this Republican-controlled legislature going to work with the governor uh, and come up with a budget that works? Are there Republicans in the legislature in both houses, uh, even if it's just a couple, are there Republicans who are going to say, eh, no, I'm not going to vote for the craziness, I'm not going to go fully extreme, um, and and maybe there'll be the ones that uh, start to feel the wrath of their party. Uh, we had some last year who have retired and uh, Paul Boyer, for example, and Rusty Bowers. Um, there were Republicans last year who kept a lot of the- crazy uh, from getting out of the legislature, will there be any in 2023? And will the Democrats, do they have enough uh, people who are not far left? Do they have enough people uh, to work with Republicans? Maybe we can get something accomplished. Maybe there, is, uh, maybe there are enough Democrats, or enough Republicans who are at least approaching the center to work together to try to find compromise on issues that truly affect Arizona, for example, on water. Uh, that's something I think we all need to work on in Arizona. And I'm hoping, uh, I know governor Hobbs, uh, governor elect Hobbs has said that and the attorney general elect has said that I'm hoping there are legislators as well who will take this issue seriously. Cause frankly, there is no, there is no bigger issue that we're facing in Arizona than our, our water problem. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to talk about Carrie Lake a little bit and this, uh, her election challenge. Um, and I'm going to tell you something she did. She lost, uh, by the way, she lost the election. She lost her election lawsuit. Uh, that order came out on Saturday, and then yesterday, uh, the parties filed motions for sanctions, and Lake filed her response. I'll tell you about that, and also how what how Carrie Lake, what she's saying on social media. I'll give you I'll give you a quick tutorial. When you're in the middle of a lawsuit and you want the judge to do something for you, don't make fun of the judge on Twitter. Just a general rule for you. That's a little free advice. Little free advice. I'm Barry Marks, and stay with us. It's K T A R. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead this morning. Hope you're having a great Christmas season, great holiday, and uh, looking forward to a wonderful new year. Uh, I, I want to touch base very quickly on this Kerry Lake lawsuit. Uh, Hamaday's lawsuit uh, failed miserably on Friday. The judge ruled right from the bench. Uh, that does not happen very often. Uh, and found that Hamedi, uh frankly, his lawyer basically conceded right at the beginning of, tri- of the day of trial. But uh, just that there was there was no evidence uh, that was going to overturn or change that election. Hamidé lost. Uh, at least the latest we heard is Hamidé, uh, who's running for attorney general, is not going to appeal. Uh, Chris Mays is the incoming attorney general, and we'll see the uh, re- the effects of the recount uh, sometime this week, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, and we'll go from there. Carrie Lake filed a, a big big lawsuit um, that is now completely gone. Uh, she lost entirely. She could not, uh, as the judge was very nice about it, let her put all of her evidence on. This was a case decided by the evidence. uh, And the judge... Uh, found that she was not able to uh, prove even one element of any of her claims uh, that she brought, so uh, that's over. And uh, although she may appeal that one, and there's going to be motions for sanctions in all of these cases, uh, but it's not o- it's not over yet. Uh, Carrie Lake is uh, when I say it's not over yet, it's it, they won't let it be over. Um, what we're seeing is uh, in, in Carrie Lake is a person who uh, again I don't know if it's a if it's a thing with her in mind if it's a thing about raising more money with the grift and the scam um I don't I don't know uh but it's it's something that apparently is not going to go away uh you know people keep saying to me well, what is she going to do next is she going to get a is she going to get a job on um you know, one of these conservative news channels—is is that what she's? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, she might just do what Trump does, which is uh, continue to say outlandish things and get people to send her money. Uh, she tweets out all the time, and there's always something on there about sending her more money. Um, I was getting uh, texts every day uh, about sending her more money. Uh, it, it's really, and this is the elections over uh, for over a month, month and a half. It's incredible. Um, yesterday, uh, Carrie Lake, she she. When she first came out after the judge's decision, she said something to the effect of, uh, the judge ruled against us, but I'm going to file an appeal, and, and she was not she didn't say anything disrespectful to the judge, and then she couldn't help herself, and she... Retweeted uh, something. She retweeted a tweet by this woman, Rachel Alexander. Uh, and you may remember Rachel Alexander if you've been living in here in the valley for ten or fifteen years. Uh, back in uh, back ten or fifteen years ago, there was a whole big thing where Sheriff Joe was there, and Andrew Thomas was the Attorney General, and they were literally going around arresting judges um, and politicians. Uh, uh, it, it was really quite a time um, without evidence, accusing judges of bribery. I always remember this press conference where they asked the, the attorney, the, the Maricopa County attorney, Andrew Thomas, at the time, what are the, what are the basis, what are the grounds for accusing this judge of, of, of bribery? And he couldn't answer the question. Um, it was it was absolutely uh, what it, what appeared to be uh, abuse of power and other issues that were being dealt with there. Well, Rachel Alexander was an attorney uh, in the Maricopa County Attorney's Office who went who dove headfirst into that. She was a relatively young attorney at the time, and she was so involved in, in the shenanigans that were happening there with these charges that shouldn't have been brought. It ended up being multiple civil lawsuits, millions and millions of dollars in uh, defense fees and settlements. And it was just it was just an incredible waste of our tax dollars. And Rachel Alexander was so involved in that, uh, that the state bar ended up suspending her license. It was she was she was suspended. She could not practice law. It was six months in a day. Um, and since then, she has never applied for reinstatement of her law license. And now she... She posts things on social media. She writes for conservative outlets, I guess, and um, frankly says things about elections that don't appear to be true. And she posted something the other day, uh, and then Carrie Lake – and it was again, when you're living in that world where Rachel Alexander is now, where you get to eat, you get paid only by clicks. You get paid if people follow you and click on stuff. Um, So you say more and more and more outlandish things because that's – you need – you don't care about anything other than making sure people click on it. Right. I mean, that's how you get paid. And (laughs) what was amazing is uh, a person who just ran for governor of Arizona and came within almost 17,000 votes of being the governor of Arizona retweeted this. Carrie Lake retweeted this, which by itself is incredible. uh, And I'll tell you what it said in just a minute. But more so because Carrie Lake just lost her trial and she knows that there are motions for sanctions against her that are asking the judge to sanction her for up to seven hundred thousand dollars. And knowing that, how stupid does Kerry Lake have to be to retweet something uh, that says the dismissal of Kerry Lake's election lawsuit shows voter disenfranchisement no longer matters and then says legal experts believe the judge's decision was ghostwritten. They suspect top left wing attorneys like Mark Elias uh, emailed him what to say. It's so outlandishly ridiculous. It's, it's, just, it's laughable, frankly, that that would ever happen. But what makes it worse is she has a case. Carrie Lake has a case in front of that judge right now who's going to decide whether there are sanctions or not. When you're, and and the, I'm not saying the judge is going to do something, is going to sanction her more because she said something mean or stupid about him. I'm saying it shows her pattern. If you read the motions for sanctions, the defendants are all saying that Carrie Lake abused the system, that she filed this crazy lawsuit. 70 pages, 10 counts, just, just no evidence of anything to support this stuff, and that all she's been doing both before and after the election is saying more and more outlandish things without evidence. And she should be sanctioned because of that, because there has to be a deterrent. There has to be some deterrent to Carrie Lake and those who follow her to say, you're allowed to, you're allowed to run for office. You're allowed to file appropriate lawsuits. You're not allowed to abuse the system. And what Carrie Lake is doing in this tweet, which she later deleted, somebody obviously got to her and said, that's the one you want to take down. Carrie Lake, who says, I never I never take down a tweet. I'll never back down. I'm fighting for Arizona. She took down that tweet because I'm guessing I'm guessing that one of her lawyers went to her and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? We're literally trying to defend against this motion, these motions for sanctions for hundreds of thousands of dollars who are, that are saying you're abusing the system, that you're saying things that are not true about our election system. And you go online and say that the judge didn't write his own order. Really? Just incredible. Just incredible. So what it shows me is the incredible. I mean, talk about everything else you want to say about Kerry Lake, but the lack of judgment, the lack of thought and judgment. That could possibly get somebody to do that, to say that a judge in your own case didn't write the, didn't write the order that he just issued, but rather took what defense lawyers wrote or liberal lawyers wrote and, and used that as his order with no evidence, without, without any evidence of it, just yet another conspiracy. And let's face it, that was Kerry Lake's entire case. It was a series of conspiracy theories. And the problem with conspiracy theories is when you take them to a court of law, they're impossible to prove. You can't prove conspiracy theories because they're not true. They're not true. So you can say them all you want. You can put them on Twitter and online and social media all you want. And when people try to point you out to facts that say it's not true, you just go on to the next conspiracy theory. But in a court of law, when your case is – Conspiracy theories. The judge doesn't. The judge doesn't look and say, "Well, what's what's next? What other what other theories do you have?" The judge says, "Prove to me that this theory that you just said to me is true. Show me the evidence of it." Carrie Lake couldn't do that because it doesn't exist. You can't prove that to be true. It's a conspiracy theory. It's fake on its face. But to come out with a <laughs> to come out with a tweet that says literally that the judge by name. That his order against you was ghost written and that, and that top left wing attorneys like Mark Elias, which, by the way, he's one of the lawyers in this case. So you're now claiming that the judge and this lawyer did something inappropriate and unethical without evidence, just an allegation. And by the way, that was written, I, I believe, uh, by this Rachel Alexander, this, this suspended attorney. Who who still says she's a former elections lawyer? I mean, the, the stuff she did back then was amazing. It, it was it, it was so embarrassing. It it, it it forced the state bar to suspend her. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that anybody listens to this woman is is stunning to me. It's just stunning. Um, but that Carrie Lake would have the complete lack of judgment to repost that when she's waiting for this judge to rule on motions for sanctions against her. Tells you everything you need to know. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to talk. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of something about COVID. By the way, Arizona just reached a new COVID. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we're number one. And we're going to tell you what that means in a second. But also, now with COVID, I'm not talking about COVID vaccines, uh, but other vaccines are now being affected, and we're seeing an uptick, uh, a considerable uptick, uh, in kids, uh, in measles, and mumps, and other things. We'll talk about why. I'm Barry Markson. And that's coming up next on K T A R. values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry and filling in for Broomhead. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. Man, oh, man. I, you know, I just, I just went on a little thing there, and uh, I do want to tell you, you can follow me on Twitter, at Barry Markson1, at Barry Markson and the number one, where I talk about these uh, politics and Arizona politics quite a bit. Um, and, and I will say this. I, I just posted this. Um, you know, this fake election uh, this, uh, stuff, the, the things where you're, you're talking about uh, the election was stolen and there's cheating and without evidence, without, without evidence of it at all. Uh, we saw that in 2020. And let's face it, it consumed our state for two years. Uh, we had uh, we ended up having that fake audit. We had uh, it, it just a mess with just people making allegation after allegation after allegation. It makes us look awful. We look like a joke when you travel around other states They're like, what is going on with Arizona? And I'm going to say this now. I've been saying it since the election. I'm going to say it again right now. It's got to be over. And we need to have our leaders, actual real leaders, stand up and say it's over. And what I'm talking about is uh, Doug Ducey. I'm talking about Mark Burnovich. I know they're leaving office here in a week. I get it. But these are the people who led Arizona for the last eight years. Uh, These are our credible Republican leadership. Uh, Kimberly Yee, our treasurer, we need these people. We need business leaders. We need the leaders in our state and in our community to stand with uh, our Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, to stand with Stephen Risher, to stand with all of us. But really to come out and just say, look, uh, they've gone through the process. Kerry Lake and Hamaday and Fincham, they filed their little lawsuits. They could present no evidence of any actual wrongdoing or, or cheating or fraud um, or misconduct. It's just not there. And they need to come out and say that. They need to come out and say that our elections are fair and safe and that the, the winner won. And the reason that Kerry Lake lost isn't because it was stolen from her, isn't because of cheating or corruption. Carrie Lake lost for one reason. She didn't get as many votes as Katie Hobbs. It's really as simple as that. It really is. And we all know that. But we need to see leadership stand up. And I'm going to be looking for that. I'm looking for it this week. I know the recount is going to be announced. I think it's on Thursday. Uh, I know people want to wait until this process plays out, the litigation plays out. Now, apparently, an appeal. Wait till that plays out. But as soon as it's finished, even if it's after they're not in office anymore, I'm going to be looking for Doug Ducey. To stand up and say no, this this isn't this is there isn't fraud here. I'm frankly going to be looking for our congressmen. I, I know we're not going to get that uh, from our loony congress people like Gosar and Debbie Lesko and Andy Biggs. I know they're not going to say the truth. They were in on it. Uh, they were in on the, the insurrection on January 6. But I'm looking for leaders to stand up and say no. This isn't true. I'm looking for people to say to their fellow Republicans, uh, the ones who keep believing this stuff, whether it be from Trump or from Kerry Lake or from whoever, to say no. And to, not to be rude, not to be insensitive, but to say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm with you. I'm your guy or your gal. And this isn't true. And I want you to know that it's not true. And I want you to feel OK. We lost an election. We'll be back in four years. We'll be back. But in this election, We lost. And that's how the country works. And I'm looking for that. I'm looking for uh, Republican and business leaders to stand up and do that. And I, ho- I really do. I hope they do. Um, I do want to just mention this real quick. First of all, in Arizona right now, uh, we, are, uh, we have now surpassed Mississippi. <laughs> My goodness, we're number one. Um, we now have the highest rate of people who have died from COVID of anyone in the country. And by the way, not getting better, up 15 uh, this, percent uh, this week alone. Uh, just be careful. I, I know I don't want to try to make a political thing out of this, but the fact is people are dying of COVID. And if you're at home going, no, they're dying of heart attacks or other things and they just happen to get COVID. OK, whatever you want to say, the fact of the matter is uh, we have more deaths in Arizona related to COVID than any other state in the country. We're number one. That is not a place I want to be number one. And uh, in Arizona right now, we have a huge outbreak of, of flu uh, and COVID and RSV. All respiratory diseases. Our, our, our hospitals are being flooded again. I'm not here. I'm not talking about mass. I'm not talking about anything. Um, my suggestion is you go, get an, you, go, you go get a flu vaccine and a COVID vaccine, but I'll leave that to you. But I'm just letting you know this is happening. This is a real thing. It's not made up. Uh, it's, not, it's not, you know, anybody coming in here and telling you something, a theory. Uh, I'm talking about data. I'm talking about statistics. Uh, and Arizona now is the number one state in the country with, for COVID deaths. That's, that's not something uh, that, that we should any of us should be happy about. And I, I say that uh, to lead into this next part, which is um, there's an outbreak of measles. Uh, in our country and in different states. And a lot of it is attributed to parents who are now not getting their kids vaccinated. And if you think back to before 2020, uh, the parents that didn't get people vaccinated, we'd always hear about it in the liberal enclaves, right? It was outside San Francisco. It was in these far left enclaves where they didn't want to they didn't want to immunize their kids. And we used to talk about that and say, what is wrong with these people? And they, it was bad. It was bad for the community. It was bad for schools. Uh, kids got sick. Kids died. It was bad. And now what the statistics are showing is it's Republican parents who are leading the way not to vaccinate their kids. Uh, it's, it's not a good thing. Health authorities are tracking a measles outbreak growing in central Ohio tonight. At least 63 children are being treated for measles. More than two dozen hospitalized already. Most cases are under the age of five. None of the children fully vaccinated. All happening, of course, at the same time. The state is responding to surges of flu, COVID, and RSV. So, uh, you know, we can talk about whether, you know, whether kids get vaccinated is is strictly a a a decision their parents should make, or if all of us have some interest in whether, I mean, th- whether they should get vaccinated. I mean, th- this is a public health uh, issue. It's not a, just a personal health issue. Um, you know, we, we <laughs> it wasn't that many years ago that vaccines would come up and people would love the scientists who came up, who, who created vaccines would be lauded as heroes. They'd be the sports stars of their day, the music stars, the entertainment stars of their day. I mean, we know their names and and nowadays it's it 's a joke we we have medicine, we have technology, we have things that help us live longer and keep our children safe and we don 't do it because of conspiracy theories because we think we know better because we think we know how to research better than everybody else it 's really it 's really kind of amazing so uh, keep just we 'll we'll continue to monitor that for you here on ktr but i I would just thought i'd mention that that uh, it 's a uh, it's, a, it's going to be a tough situation here going forward if a large chunk of our population, not just a COVID vaccine, I'm not even talking about that, but if a large chunk of our population says I'm not going to give my kids immunizations that we've been all been taking for decades, uh, that wiped out polio and measles and mumps and all these things that were hurting and killing kids. And now suddenly we don't want to do that anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, it's just stunning, frankly. It's like what's what's next? We're not going to start. We're not going to fly places anymore. We're going to start stop using our cars and start taking horses and buggies everywhere we go. I mean, are we just going to keep, keep going backwards? It's it's amazing to me. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's, appreciate everybody's uh, everybody's help today. Brandon uh, produced the big program. Byron's back there running the show. Patricia Valencia, she's in the KTR News Center. She's coming up uh, with a KTR News expansion. That's fifteen minutes of commercial-free news. Stay with us. I'm I'm back at 2 o'clock, believe it or not, in Gatos and Chad. Have a great lunchtime, everybody. I'm Barry Markson. It's KTAR.